All right. Good morning. Hey. Like Roger said, it is so great to be able to be in worship, to hear everybody singing. I honestly cannot think of a better way to kick off our week by worshiping God, taking the time, whether we're here in person or if we're online, to be able to worship God, to join our voices, regardless of where we are, to praise him for all his greatness and all his goodness. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, but it has been a great morning so far, regardless of the rain outside. I'm thankful that each of you were able to, to make your way here. And if you're online and you're joining us from someplace sunny, I want to see some like really happy emojis in the comments uh, because it is another sunny day in Columbus, Ohio. You know, but we've been in this incredible series called Beyond Our Walls. Hasn't this been a great series? It has. You know, every week, I personally have loved it. I've been encouraged. I've been challenged by this series. But this is a series where we've been taking a look at how we can be the church beyond our walls, beyond the, the four walls of this building, and how we can, uh, you know, get beyond the, the walls or the barriers that are present in our lives. We kicked it off and we talked about some of the, the barriers that are present with us like emotionally or physically. You know, we looked at how we can love our neighbors, how we can start in our homes, how we can uh, be witnesses in the workplace. We went out and we cared for our community. We lived love, and yet we did do all of that. We combined, everybody, were able to help feed over 300 EMS workers. We provided a number of breakfasts and notes of encouragement, and we were able to tell them that they are loved and that they are appreciated. We had a, a number of people who were shut in from the church, but also in Mayfair Village. So we wrote cards to remind them that they are loved. And guess what? We also made that pretty fun because we got to take all those cards over there to them, hand deliver them to the residents there. But uh, Becky Raber and, and the rest of the family had brought out some llamas. So there were some folks that, there were, that were there that were able to have a little bit of fun petting some llamas and so many other things in between where we've been able to, to love and care for uh, our, our schools and so many other things. I'm just really thankful that we could do that. And then last week, we got to hear from the executive director of Children of Promise, Mike Webb, as he shared a little bit more about Children of Promise, but how we can have a global impact. And that was really good. And that was such a powerful reminder, I think, for me that to, to continue to be thinking beyond the, the walls or the borders of our nation and people needing to hear the gospel more and more. And so today, as Mark had shared, I get to share a little bit about going into this new frontier or how we can be uh, witnesses to all of the world wide web. It's going to be pretty fun, but I want to encourage you right now, if you have your phone with you, just entertain me for a moment. If you have Facebook or YouTube or something, I want to encourage you, get out your phone right now, find our live stream, share it to your timeline, comment, like, engage with it in some way, okay? Just entertain that for me, and then you can put your phone back in your pocket. Don't get it back out to be on Pinterest while I'm preaching this morning. That's not okay. Uh, but if you're going to follow along in your, in your Bible app or something like that, you can keep your phone out for that. But does that sound pretty good? Okay. All right. So we're talking about going into all the world and especially into this new, not really new, but this digital frontier that we have standing before us. And like I said, every week I have been really 
encouraged. I've been really challenged, and I've tried to assess these areas of my life where I have grown comfortable, or these areas where I've been really challenged, and I've tried to bring them before God and invite Him in there so that I can get beyond these walls that are present in my life and be a better witness to what God has been doing in my life and to help point others back to Christ. And, um, you know, so some of this stuff, too, as we're, you know, thinking about this digital frontier, uh, you may or may not know this about me, but I spent 11 years in advertising. So I spent a long period of time getting to use the creative gifts and abilities that God has given me, uh, as well as my love and passion for technology to try to help solve problems for clients of uh, different size and scope. And uh, all across the United States, we served, uh, you know, higher ed, healthcare, business to business, retail, uh, places like Kroger and McDonald's, Nova Southeastern University, and uh, in all of these different uh, organizations. And so I personally loved it because it was this marriage between these two things uh, that I personally was very comfortable with. And so throughout all of that time, you know, we would be able to do all these things. We would, um, you know, come up with campaigns to help increase undergraduate enrollment for Nova Southeastern University for one. We would try to help build credibility and trust for different financial institutions, you know, in the West Virginia area. And yes, we would even try to help encourage people to buy 59 cent cheeseburgers at McDonald's. Now, I will say, just given inflation, they're no longer 59 cents. But we would encourage that. And I would feel really convicted, partially because, you know, there, it's like, do we really need to sell more and more cheeseburgers, things that people don't need? But I personally would be convicted based on my own uh, consumer habits, my own relationship with technology and the way that I would go about relating to, you know, tech, the internet, and consuming different things. So in the busyness of all of my career, I would find myself being stressed out or, uh, you know, feeling the, the pain of the shortage in my life. So I would try to escape and just mindlessly thumb through uh, social media, you know, just randomly liking things because it seemed kind of interesting. I'd watch a lot of funny videos on YouTube uh, or, you know, I would binge watch a lot more then than I do now, uh, but binge watch a lot of things on Netflix. And, you know, honestly, it became really difficult to be able to put my phone down. I don't know if you ever feel like that, but sometimes because we're so attached to these little devices, it became really difficult to be able to put the phone down. And so uh, in an effort to uh, try to help alleviate some of the, the phone usage, I tried to swap one habit for another. So rather than consuming a bunch of mindless social media and funny cat videos on YouTube, uh, I would try to read more books. And so I would read a lot more, you know, and I, I would have this sense of fulfillment uh, from being able to read, uh, but most of the time I would be reading books either on my Kindle or on my phone, so that didn't really help a lot of the situation. And guess what? Most of those books that I had read, a lot of that stuff is just knowledge that I've consumed, and it's not really left my head. And so, you know, all of this consuming would leave me feeling unfulfilled, would leave me feeling a little isolated because I'm sitting there behind a screen, not necessarily connecting with people. And maybe you can relate. You know, we all work in different capacities, but I, I would venture to guess a fair majority of us work 
behind a screen to some capacity. And so, you know, maybe you are the type of person, you're sitting there, you're drafting motions, you're writing articles, you're mixing sound or editing video or taking attendance and all of these other things, and yet you don't get out of the comfort of your little four-by-four four space that your employer has established for you. And so you find yourself feeling isolated or you find yourself continuously connected to that device. Or how about this, when it infiltrates your family time or your time at home, you, you come home and you're like, okay, I really got to get some stuff done. You know, the pandemic has made this uh, laptop lifestyle really irresistible, but when it starts to impede on your ability to uh, connect with family or friends, you know, you're sitting down at the dinner table with your laptop and you're working while you're eating, you know, you're, you're stuck consuming more and more emails, you're stuck doing some of these things. And how about this? Okay, so in an effort to, uh, similar to probably what I had shared about feeling, um, you know, overwhelmed at different points in time, you end up mindlessly scrolling through social media. Or you want to try to create some quiet space in a different way uh, when you get home, and rather than sitting yourself down in front of a screen, you plop your kids in front of there. And you just let them watch episode after episode of Bluey. Now, Bluey's, I mean, like, I like, I like Bluey. Bluey's an interesting show. I actually think it's written more for grown-ups than it is for kids, but my kids love it. And you hear that little, like, <laughs> and it's like, all right, I'm done. I just, I can only hear that, like, 40 times. <laughs> only 40. Otherwise, it is just really crazy. But, you know, with people spending more and more time online, behind screens. It's no wonder that we feel more and more isolated, more and more depressed. And, you know, we might think that because we've made all of these crazy advancements in technology, that we would be able to connect more with one another. We have social media, right? And that's, it can be a great tool, but oftentimes we find ourselves in the echo chamber or we, we find a lot of the same things that we are personally interested in. And because we're behind the screen, it's a lot easier for us to be a little bit more anonymous and to be able to just mindlessly consume the things that are in our feeds. And so we find ourselves, despite making all of these advancements, asking a lot of the same questions, feeling like we're in a lot of the same place that we started from. And so, how can we continue to be the church in regards to levering, leveraging excuse me, the technology that we have? How can we continue to be the church beyond our walls using the technology that's been created and continues to be advanced you know, for our benefit? How can we use this for the benefit of building the kingdom as we navigate this new frontier? And so, what can we do when technology becomes this limiting factor in our ability to be Christ's witnesses to the ends of the earth? You know, when we think about in Acts 1-8, when Luke is, is writing the words of Jesus, how we, we can be his witnesses to Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. How can we effectively do that 
through communication. And so how can we be Christ's witnesses to the ends of the earth? And I believe God's word has something very specific for us to be able to learn and glean from today in order to be able to do just that. So I want to invite you right now, as we get ready to get into the word, uh, to pray. Pray with me. Let's continue to invite God's presence in uh, this space, that he would continue to move and stir in our hearts, and that we would leave this place challenged and changed people. Okay, so let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for uh, the opportunity again to be in your presence, to, uh, to be in your presence together. And Lord, I pray that you would move in us, that you would stir in us, and that you would help us to uh, identify the barriers and the things that stand in our way to being your witnesses to all of the world. And Father, I pray that you would tear down those barriers, that you would help us to move forward with uh, the heart and the mind and the will to carry out your mission here on earth. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your son's holy and precious name that we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Okay, so another acceptable time for you to pull out your phone if you're following along. I want to dig into the word we've got. Acts 1.8. I already kind of shared that, but if you want to follow along or if you have your Bible with you, open up, take some, some, some notes this morning, because I, I believe that this is something that we all can be challenged to grow in. And so I want us to consider what it really looks like to live out Acts 1.8. Some context here. This sometimes is called Luke Part 2, or at least I'll refer to it as Luke Part 2 because Luke is writing this. Uh, and this is... Uh, the early church. This is all about the early church, the expansion of the early church, and we're hearing the words of Jesus as he shares this, starting in verse 8. But you will receive the power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth to the ends of the earth. I mean, we could easily sub out any of those cities, and we could say Columbus, Ohio. We could say Lewis Center. We could say Upper Arlington. We could say all of these other places that we may live. How can we be witnesses in these places? But also, how can we understand more effectively what Jesus is saying about the ends of the earth? And Jesus is being literal here. He is talking about literally to the ends of the earth that every person would hear the good news, that God so loved the world that he sent his son, that all who believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. And so this is coming also off the, the heels of the great commission before Jesus ascends back into heaven, where he is commissioning the early church, he's commissioning all of us to go into all the world to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so in order for us to be able to, to really understand this, we have to understand that Jesus is being literal when he's saying to the ends of the earth, he is talking about every single nook and cranny of our world. And while uh, the early church may feel, may have felt limited, I'm sure, like if I were standing there in my sandals and hearing this, <laughs> thank you. But if I were standing in my sandals and hearing this, I'd be thinking, all right, all I've got, I got the Holy Spirit, and I got to go into the ends of the earth to help make this happen. Okay, so now flash forward 
in my comfortable shoes and having almost unlimited resources at my fingertips, I'm still asking myself, and I think we should be asking ourselves this question too, how can we effectively do this? Not only do we have the Holy Spirit, we have all of these resources, we have access to probably one of the most powerful things in our pockets, at our fingertips, on our uh, nightstands. And yet the early church was able to explode and reach beyond these areas of Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria. I mean, we would not be here today without the work that was done to help fulfill that. And so even with the advancements of technology that we might have, some of us are still struggling with getting beyond this wall. And I believe this is the thing that we can fall prey to, that we can continue to struggle with. But I want to make it clear, God is not calling us to be consumers. He's calling us to be contributors. He's not calling us to be consumers. He's calling us to be contributors. You know, technology has advanced to the point for us. It's made us increasingly more comfortable with consuming things that only we are interested in. It's made, it's made it really easy for us to become more and more isolated. And we sit in the comfort of our own homes, of our cars, within our cubicles, and we go about our day with limited interaction with those around us. And when I say limited interaction, I'm also talking about the quality of those interactions. We may be lacking quality, personal interaction with these people, regardless of if they are, you know, only in the, the cubicle next to us or in front of us at the grocery store or on the other side of our personal devices. And advertising makes this a lot easier. As Mark had mentioned earlier about Amazon, Amazon's not going to really help you feel like you're experiencing life to the fullest. But I tell you what, you're going to get served some ads that are going to say that this product, this thing, this book, this thing that you can prescribe to doing will help fulfill that need in your life. And the algorithms that are developed for these pieces of technology that track your spending, that listen to your conversations and do all of these things, they make you more and more interested and feed you more and more of the same exact things, feeding into that sense of complacency or that sense of consumerism. And so it's easy for us to get caught up in all of this and asking what is in it for me. Admittedly, it is really easy for me to be able to ask that because I have a tendency to fall back into my consumer mindsets. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago when Mark had shared about bringing shalom into the workplace, reminding us that we are called to cultivate, you know, when we are cultivating the peace and the prosperity of the places that we're witnessing in, whether it's our workplace or other places, we are contributing to the work that God has called us to do. We're not just the, the beneficiaries of the shalom. We're not just the beneficiaries of the, the peace. We're not just consuming the peace. We're contributing. We are actively involved in the work that God has called us to do. And so Paul even shares in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19, and I think this is really critical for us to be able to hear as we talk about this today. Even though I am free, and I'm a free man with no master, excuse me, 
Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. And when I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under the law, even though I am not subject to the law. I did this so I could bring to Christ those who were under the law. So, in order for us to combat this consumer mindset, what Paul is talking about is using our freedom to be able to help bring people to Christ. While we have the freedom to choose and to consume, Paul is talking about using his freedom to bring as many people as possible before Christ. And so if we're not careful, we can be come apathetic. We can consume more and more and more. And so we need to be challenged and encouraged, no matter where we are, to use that freedom rather than consuming, to be contributors to what God has called us to do in the places and the spaces that he's called us to. You know, the University of Michigan, and I find this really interesting, the University of Michigan recently uh, had done a study of I know it's University of Michigan. How can we make sure that they're in a, you know, an accredited source of information? But just bear with me. I do find this to be a really interesting study. They surveyed a number of students, and they found that since the 1980s to now, we care 40% less about the people that we engage with every day. Now, when I'm talking about this consumer mindset, a lot of that comes into play when we're talking about the quality of those interactions that we have with people. Because of the advent of technology, because of the increased you know, awareness around social media and using a lot of those things, we have seen a sharp decrease in our ability to care for others in a genuine way because we're conditioned to just randomly consume. You see a photo of a friend, you just like it. You see a funny video, you just like it. You know, you just keep going. And if we're not careful, we will continue to not care. And so I want to challenge us today to remember that we're not called to be consumers. We are called to be contributors. And you know, this is a warning that is given to the people at this time, the early church, there were a number of people there who were just beneficiaries of the goodness of the early church. They were just taking advantage of that. And it's a warning that Paul, excuse me, not, yeah, that Paul is giving us today to be able to use our freedom to be able to help bring people before Christ, to not just mindlessly consume these things. I think the the second thing that we can learn, you know, when we compare or when we bring Acts 1-8, when we bring 1 Corinthians into the, the conversation about the new frontier is this. Innovation is born out of limitations. Innovation is often born out of limitations. So when we think about this, when we think about the early church, you know, given the words from Jesus that they are going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit and they're going to be witnesses to all of the world, they were limited by their ability for transit. You know, they they probably had camels and donkeys and 
foot and uh, limited by communication, so they probably just had word of mouth. You know, they had a lot of letters that they would write. I mean, we see that throughout the entire Bible. These are uh, the compilation of letters that have been shared time and time again. And yet they were able to bear witness to these portions of the world that they were commanded to go into. Now, we think about how people at this point in time learned how they received the word. You know, it would be written out, people would read it aloud, and they would sit and they would try to memorize a lot of scripture in this way. And then when we think about, you know, memorizing the entire Old Testament, that was what every good Jewish person was supposed to do, was to try to memorize the entire Old Testament. So we we have that. And let's flash forward to the limitations of uh, literacy and education. Flash forward to 1450, where literacy is being challenged. It's limited based on the books and the things that are accessible to people. So great man Johann Gutenberg had invented a movable type press. Now I'll tell you, because this is stuff that I went to school for and got to study about, seeing pages from the Gutenberg Bible. It is such an amazing thing because it's not just this, you know, a a beautiful way to see God's word expressed. It is an innovation in technology that helped get the word in front of people at an incredible rate. It made the Bible more accessible to people. Now let's flash forward to today. If you have a smartphone, you probably have the Bible app downloaded on there. Here's an amazing statistic. Over 500 million downloads and counting. 500 million downloads. That means that God's word is in the pockets of, at the fingertips of over 500 million people with over 1,400 translations and paraphrases. So when we think about being able to leverage the limitations that are present before us as a catalyst to innovate, it's an amazing thing. When, when we are bound by the limitations of being able to communicate, how can we more effectively use the tools and the resources that we have been given to help share the word of God, to be able to help share the good news? And so I want to encourage you that innovation is often born out of our limitations. So when you're feeling like you're in a corner and you don't know what you can do to more effectively communicate the word of God, be encouraged. Those limitations are there to challenge you, to stretch you, to be able to find new ways to step out. And, and they're there for us too. When we think about the pandemic hitting, every single church rushed to try to figure out how we can continue to meet together when we couldn't meet. When we couldn't meet. So everybody's rushing to try to figure out how to effectively be the church. A lot of people would rush to do church online. And that is awesome. I mean, if you are here today and you've ever gone on vacation and you were able to continue to be a part of the services here, raise your hand. Okay, that is a great show of hands, and I'm encouraged by that, but think about that. We have now 
utilized our limitations to innovate, to be able to get God's word and to get the services and the worship that's happening in and through our church into your access and into your reach. And we aren't the only ones that are doing this. So when we think about the global church being able to use these limitations to innovate and to connect with people, it's a very powerful thing. And I think the other thing that we need to consider is this, and this is something else that I believe that Paul is talking about as he's writing to the church in Corinth. We need to understand the context of our community. We need to understand the context of our community. You know, when we were called to go into all the world to make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, as the early church, we had to understand where those people were and where we could go. Now today, we need to understand where people are. We need to understand their proximity. You know, yeah, they are close to the church. But we also need to understand that people are spending at least 23 hours of their week online. That is almost an entire day. And, you, you know, you have to take into account, like, maybe six to eight hours of sleep every night. So that is a considerable chunk of their week. People are moving more and more online. And it is our responsibility to understand the context of the community of the people that we are trying to meet. We need to understand where they are so we can get before them and present the gospel so that we can be witnesses before them, so that we can bring them before Christ. You know, I heard a really interesting quote recently, and, uh, you know, it really stirred in me. Um, A a leader that I... um, subscribed to had shared unchurched people have spiritual questions it's no surprise that they aren't asking the church you know who they're going to they're going to google if you were to hop on google trends right now and figure out how many people were googling i'm depressed i am isolated how do i fix this they're not asking the church to provide solutions for this they're asking google to speak into this And it is our responsibility as the church to understand where people are and to be able to bring hope and light into those darkened places. When Jesus is talking about us going into all the world to be his witness in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, Columbus, Ohio, Upper Arlington, Hilliard, Facebook, YouTube, all of the internet, it is our responsibility with the access that we have and the freedom that we have to be lights in these places. And I want to challenge us today to consider doing that online. So when you, when you hear these things, you might be asking yourself, well, how am I supposed to do this? I'm not really on the computer a whole lot, or I am, but I'm not really on social media and all these things. I'd love for us to take that lens up higher and ask, how can you use the technology that you've been given to be a witness to all the world? If you have a phone in your pocket and you live near somebody, you got your neighbor, Bob, sharing with you some devastating news of what happened in their marriage. And while in person you can pray for and encourage Bob, you can also send Bob a a reminder text later in the week to say, hey, Bob, I'm really sorry to hear 
the news of what was going on in your family. And I just want to let you know that I'm praying for you, that God loves you, and that he has a plan for you in this situation. You can just as easily encourage your coworkers via email. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a daunting task, but look at the resources that God has entrusted to you and ask yourself and ask God, how can I be a witness to all the world using the technology that I have access to? And so I want to ask that question. How can we be Christ's witnesses to the ends of the earth? I want you to write that down. If you can make a note in your Bible, on a sheet of paper, in your journal, or in your phone, ask yourself that question this week. How can we be Christ's witnesses to the ends of the earth? And maybe more specifically, the question that you need to ask yourself is, how can I use all of the resources that God has given me to do that? And spend time in prayer. Ask God. Seek God in all of that. Because I'll tell you, there are story after story that I've heard of people who have been impacted by the gospel online. You know, when we think about things that God is doing through the church, the the global church, innovating ways to reach people, there are people getting baptized on the internet. And you might laugh. Sure, it seems silly, but like there are people that are getting baptized via Zoom during a baptism service, they're getting baptized in their bathtub or in a lake or in some other place, and they are participating in what God is doing in and through that church hundreds of miles away, you know? And we get to be the the beneficiaries of some of those things too. When we go on vacation or we can't make it, we're sick, you know? I know personally I wouldn't be standing here today without the innovation that people had to be able to televise their service to shut-ins in the city. I would not be here if it were not for the faithful leadership and, and preaching of Pastor Ernie Perkle of Bull Street Baptist Church. And because of that, because they broadcast to shut-ins, every single Sunday they offered an altar call for people to be able to, to come to Christ. And I would not be here without that. And so we need to ask ourselves, how can we best use the tools that we have been given, that we've been entrusted to, because it's a stewardship issue. How can we be good stewards of the things that God has entrusted to our care? And so imagine now what that would look like for us as a church. You know, earlier I had you share or engage with our, our live stream. Because of you sharing, you're helping get the gospel in front of more and more people. Every single week, we see about 40, 50 people joining us for online right now during this hour. 40 or 50 people. Imagine more and more people being impacted through that simple and faithful act that you just performed this morning. Every single week, we're getting in front of more and more eyeballs. People are receiving the good news because of our ability to utilize technology. Imagine somebody across the globe coming to Christ 
because you simply shared an encouraging scripture. I'm challenged when I see people sharing things online. Jane Baird, I'm pointing at you. You have an incredible knack for being somebody who is an encourager in that space. And people see that. I'm sorry, I didn't ask you beforehand, but I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. But you have an incredible knack of being an encourager in that space. And I see others who are incredible at being encouragers, leveraging technology in other ways. Texting their prayer group. I was talking to my mother-in-law last night. That's something that she does. And I, I just, I am at a loss for words at times because this is something that continues to change and, and grow as technology advances so quickly. And it's one of those things that we try to stay ahead of the curve of in the agency. And I just, I wonder how we could do that together as the church and imagine more and more people being brought before Christ and having that intimate understanding that God loved them so much that he sent his son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And imagine what our communities would look like physically. But imagine what those spaces would start looking like online. Less vitriol and hate and division in the comments section. More and more light and hope and peace. Shalom being brought into those spaces. More and more people in our workplaces because you, you sent them a text to encourage them that you're praying for them. Or that you emailed them. And that God has a plan for them. Imagine what it would look like if we could be Christ's witnesses to the ends of the earth. So in a moment, I want to invite the, the band to come back up and lead us in a time of response. But in this time, I want to encourage you, no matter where you find yourself today, to do what you need to do to draw near to God and ask him that question. How can I be a witness wherever I am? How can I be a witness online? How can I be a witness on, on Facebook or YouTube or to my coworker? How can I best use the technology that has been given to me? How can I use this freedom to bring as many people before Christ as possible? And so I want to encourage us right now with our heads bowed, and hopefully Roger comes out. I know he will. Uh, but to pray this morning. So would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for the things that you've been doing in our lives. We thank you for your faithfulness time and time and time again and our ability to be your witness everywhere. God, we ask for your forgiveness in the ways that maybe we've fallen short in being able to do that. And we want to be able to ask you that question today. How can we be your witness to the ends of the earth? God, how can we use the technology that's been given to us to innovate, to find new ways to be a light in dark places of our world? How we can remind people that they are loved and cherished by you. And God, I pray that you would stir and move in us in ways today that we can't help but surrender all of these things, be able to surrender our freedom to you. Rather than 
mindlessly consuming, that we would be excited to contribute to what you are doing in the world. So God, move and stir in us this morning and in this time and help us to be changed people when we leave this place. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.